0: Hi, CityCast listeners. Harris County's jail is in meltdown. Today, we're talking with the reporter who's painted the most vivid picture of what's going on there. Carrie Blakinger works for the Marshall Project, where she covers corrections, and she's the author of Corrections in Ink. It's Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hey, Carrie. Hey. So people who've listened to CityCast for a while have heard in our Friday news roundups that Harris County Jail is melting down, that it is understaffed and overpopulated, and that 21 people have died in jail this year. But I did not realize just how bad it was until recently when you wrote an article talking about what you had found by interviewing both employees and people who were in the jail.
1: Could you tell us a little bit about what you found? Uh, yeah, I mean, what I found was that even as someone who covers jails and prisons, I I was shocked. Um, I think the conditions are sort of far worse than even I had expected. Um, it seems that there's just a complete lack of supervision, which has, you know, in part led to creating an environment that is more violent and a lot less safe for Um, both the people who are incarcerated there and the people who work there. Um, I was really struck by hearing accounts of how some of the um, elderly and infirm detainees have been, you know, faking COVID symptoms to try to get put in isolation because they felt that solitary confinement, as terrible as that is, would be safer than being in general population where they were getting, you know, assaulted and extorted. Um, And I think maybe to some degree... People might assume that this is sort of what jail is is like, because I, I did have somebody ask me that. Isn't that just what jail is? You get assaulted and extorted. No, you you don't. Like, generally, if you were an elderly person just minding your own business, uh, you know, they're going to leave you alone. I mean, and some of the stories you had, like, you have
0: guards who
1: are bringing knives in
0: because they think they need them to protect themselves.
1: That was genuinely shocking also. Yes, yeah. there, there was... A staff member that I talked to who said that they had begun bringing in a knife into the jail on duty and that others had been doing that as well. And that's shocking on a few levels. I mean, first of all, it's it's shocking that someone would think that many people would think that is the best solution to their work life. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people that, you know, expect to have to bring knives to work to, to feel safe in any profession. But then to, the fact that they're making it into a jail, like the lack of oversight that has to occur for staff to make it into a correctional facility with a knife is pretty shocking. Yeah.
0: And if the guards are bringing knives, then what do, what do the inmates have in jail? I mean, there were stories about cash app being used for all sorts of drug purchases.
1: So, yes, I I heard a few Um, from both staff and detainees, I heard accounts of people, you know, extorting each other and demanding payment via Cash App. Now, that could mean that they have contraband cell phones. Jails tend to have less of them than than prisons. But I mean, I hear that, yes, those are in Harris County. But it also can just mean that they're demanding that someone, you know, pay to Cash App on the outside. Oh, okay,
0: So you get your relative to send money. Yeah, okay. like that's a yeah.
1: that's a possible way this can occur as well. But it's also just the extortion. Yeah, and what they're extorting for? Like right. they, I kept commonly hearing that people were extorting people for bottom bunk space. Hmm. I mean, this is just such a basic thing and it sort of speaks to like if the conditions were simply more livable to begin with, people would not, you know, be you would not have created the sort of manufactured scarcity, you would not have created the conditions that encourage people To behave in this way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of problems that feed into this sort of thing. Right. But one of the problems that was pointed out to me a few times is that um, as a result of the misdemeanor bail reform, the remaining population in the jail is sort of higher risk, higher needs and more apt to have violent um, histories and charges against them. And, you know, that's not at all to say that misdemeanor bail reform is bad. It has, you know, obviously resulted in lots of people being not in jail. Which
0: Harris County really needs right now.
1: Right. With This is the highest jail population that they've had in over a decade, and it would be um, unmanageably higher if misdemeanor bail reform had not happened. But because misdemeanor bail reform meant that the people with nonviolent low-level charges were not being detained, it meant that the remainder were more likely to be people facing more serious charges. And although 80% of them are not convicted, you know, some percentage of them did indeed, you know, commit those offenses. So the remaining yeah. population is, you know, higher risk, higher needs population and can lead to um, you know, lead to an even tenser and potentially more dangerous situation, especially when you're overcrowded and understaffed on top of all of that.
0: Yeah. One of the most harrowing stories that you told was about a mentally ill woman who gave birth alone. Could you talk about that one?
1: Yeah, that has been a, a shocking and really hard um, story to unpack. Um, it, You know, the, the things that are sort of undisputed are that She was extremely mentally ill. And in some prior stays, you know, had been noted, the the guards had written down in notes that, you know, she was like sticking her head in the toilet and things like that. And um, she, you know, ended up pregnant in the jail. And it's sort of, there's sort of some some conflicting facts after that. One person at jail said they didn't know that she was pregnant, which seems difficult to believe. Um, on yeah. the other hand, you know there's indications in her records that she had been seen, you know, medical some. So again, it would seem like then the pregnancy would have come out. So there's some there's some conflicting things about who knew what when. But regardless, in the end, she, uh, you know, she ended up giving birth alone in her cell, um, ostensibly between regular rounds by the guards. But that jail has, you know, gotten in trouble for guards not doing their rounds um, as frequently as they're yeah. you know, supposed to. So, I mean, it's unclear how much time had actually elapsed before she was suddenly found in this cell with a baby. Um, after that, she was taken to the hospital where, um, she was at some point allowed alone with the child and allegedly started stomping the baby's head. Oh no. Um, and then, you know, someone intervened, took the child from her, and, you know, there's a case filed relating to it in court. I'm not sure what the status of that is, but mm-hmm. I believe that she is now waiting for a bed in the psych hospital. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I it's really I've heard so many accounts of other really harrowing details about this case. And they're so hard to confirm or not because um, so much of it. The only witness is someone who's extremely mentally ill. So many of the accounts you're hearing are, you know, from things that she told staff or yeah. um, you know, from from things that she told other sources. So I think it's really hard to unpack more of the story than that or to guess how sort of bad and yeah. how much more harrowing it could be. But even just those very basic facts are um extremely troubling to say the least. Yeah.
0: So I've been really interested in how the guards are in some ways just as much in fear as the prisoners. I mean, we talked about the knife that someone was smuggling in. You know, there's been a report that a 60-year-old jail employee was raped in an office. Um, And there's the lawsuit that talks about guards not being able to get bathroom breaks and having soiled themselves. Why are there so few guards? I mean, obviously, this is not a job that people are dying to take. But is this different? Is staffing level different than in previous years?
1: Well, I mean, yes, no. On the one hand, there are state minimum standards for staffing levels for jails that don't exist for prisons. So as bad as the things are in the jail remember the staffing levels are actually worse in prisons that don't have staffing requirements oh
0: my god uh, like
1: far worse there's some prisons that are down to 20 some percent staffed at this point according to the report i got today but in terms of the jail yeah um when there are required staffing levels what this means is that there can end up being a lot of forced overtime you know and you can end up being forced to pull in you know street deputies or, or people that work in other places that would not normally be in, you know, custodial positions like this. Yeah. It also means that you end up with um, situations where you have staff that can't get any relief um, because there simply aren't enough bodies there to, you know, to to work all the posts. Um, And then you end up hearing these stories about people having to, you know, urinate on themselves because they can't get anyone to take over their post. So, like,
0: all right. So what is the background? Why... Is the jail overpopulated in the first place?
1: Is this happening in other places? So I think why the jail is overpopulated is a really difficult thing to untangle. Um, partly because of you know the difficulty around um, accessing and and interpreting data that we would get out of the courts. I mean, to some extent in Harris County, p- part of this is um, you know probably about. Um, SB 6 and other state level changes to bail practices and bail laws that have made it harder for some people to get out of jail, but it's hard to measure how much of it is Mm -hmm. resulting from that. And then I think part of it is probably that, you know, court dockets are not moving quickly enough. And, you know, some people say that's because judges don't spend enough hours in court. Some people say that's because there simply aren't enough courts. Some people say that, you know, the district attorney's office is, um, you know, is is pursuing no bail on too many cases or so that they're charging, you know, too many people that they don't need to. I mean, it's possible that all of these things are true, and it's really difficult to quantify to what degree each of these things plays a role. Um, but in terms of whether this is happening elsewhere, writing this story made me realize that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear a lot about Rikers Island lately, which has obviously been a particular clusterfuck. In New York. Yes.
0: Just notorious jail, one of the scariest.
1: Yeah. And it's gotten a lot of um, publicity over the past few months for the high number of deaths. Unlike Harris County, they have a lower population than they've had in years. Um, They are still extremely understaffed and they're seeing a higher death rate than they have in some time. So um, they've gotten a lot of publicity. But when I started poking into Harris County, I started talking to experts and realized that there are a lot of other counties that are not in the news at all that are also suddenly over the past like six months to a year, a complete mess. And to be clear, jails were not great much of anywhere to begin with, but things have gone from bad to worse in a surprising number of places. Um, In Los Angeles County, there's an ongoing lawsuit still, and one of the sort of shocking claims out of that is that uh, mentally ill prisoners were getting chained to benches for days at a time because they didn't have the staff to process them. Um, In West Virginia, the Southern Regional Jail, they have regional jails instead of county jails. Um, There's a lawsuit there after detainees reported finding like urine and semen in their food. Um, In Oklahoma, in Oklahoma County, where Oklahoma City is, there was a, a woman who was detained and was allegedly raped by a male who was detained, and they were somehow put in the same holding cell. And he was not actually handcuffed. Oh, and this is the same jail where previously the some some staff had gotten in trouble for allegedly forcing detainees to you know sit or stand in uncomfortable uh, positions for prolonged periods of time while they tortured them by playing the song Baby Shark on repeat. Oh, um, yeah, and you know, I mean, I mean, it's these. These sorts of horror stories are sort of all over the place right now. There's a a confluence of large jails that are a complete shit show. And, you know, it's something that I haven't seen really sort of explored a lot, but it seems like two of the common themes between all of them are overcrowding and understaffing. And I think a lot of this is fallout from the pandemic.
0: Oh, so jails are having the same hiring problems and dockets are backed up.
1: Exactly. After, you know, jail populations decreased for some time during the pandemic, then when courts, um, you know, resumed, there was a backlog in a lot of places. Everywhere, it is hard to figure out to what extent these problems are um, problems. Like, it's hard to quantify them because all of our jail data is two to three years delayed nationally. Like, BJS data comes out, yeah, when the, when the feds Mm -hmm. put out, Jail data, like this, is how many people are in this jail, and this is how many beds, and this is how many staff. Um, it's usually two to three years delayed. So, like currently, our most recent jail population data is from I think 2019. And then when you look at things like jail and prison death data, um, there's actually just a hearing and uh, and an oversight report on how the feds have been, you know, just completely inaccurately counting custodial deaths um, or such deaths have been getting inaccurately reported to them. So we don't really have meaningful death data and the data we have is a few years delayed anyways. So what that means is that when we're trying to look at these numbers, you can look at them on a case by case basis. You can Mm -hmm. look up Rikers Island. You can look up LA County and you can look up individual jails and see how bad the problem is, but you can't get a sort of systemic overview of are all jail populations down? Are they up? Are, right. How understaffed are they? Like, it, We really can't get a good picture of how bad things are in jails across the country as a whole.
0: So, I mean, I thought it was terrifying enough that Harris County's jail was this bad, but what you're telling me is this is maybe even a bigger problem, that this is just where we've, we're hearing about it.
1: Yeah. Many of the jails are this bad. How many? Well, we don't know.
0: Okay, well, that's comforting, Carrie. (laughs) I guess you'll be reporting more on it.
1: (laughs) Yes, I will. Glad to come here and bring you comfort. (laughs) And joy. That's what I lean on you for.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was Carrie Blakinger, a corrections reporter for The Marshall Project and the author of Corrections in Ink. Now, I'm here with producer A.K. Al-Mulman. A.K., what
2: other news is happening around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. The Astros are in the American League Championship game. Let's go. After a jaw-dropping 18 innings, the longest in playoff history, and six hours and 22 minutes, the third longest in time, it was Jeremy Pena who drove it home to end the game 1-0. In an outstanding show of endurance, the Astros officially swept the Mariners, who were making their first postseason appearance in 21 years. Clutch City are statistical favorites to win the big show now that the Los Angeles Dodgers lost to the San Diego Padres. In other news, for the fourth time this month, Harris County GOP commissioners Chuck Kakel and Tom Ramsey will not attend the tax rate meeting after making announcements that they will attend. They recanted their announcements, stating various reasons, such as a lack of compromise and a vague agenda. In a contentious local election season, the commissioner court remains at an impasse surrounding the county's tax rates as the GOP viewed Democrats' proposal as unnecessary tax hikes.
0: That's it for our show today. If you like this podcast, you'll love our newsletter. It's got a new name. It's now Hey Houston. And if you want to check it out, go to houston.citycast.fm slash newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then.
1: Everything's a fucking mess. I can swear on here, right? Yeah. (laughs) We've had you here before,
0: Carrie. We know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember.